Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom, and welcome to the latest edition of uh, Middle East Review of TV7, broadcast from uh, Jerusalem. I am Danny Ayalon, with me, Iran Lerman. Good to see you again, Iran. Plenty well, uh, to talk about. Plenty to talk about. Of course, we cannot uh, ignore what's happening in our uh, neighboring uh, continent, uh, Europe and the Ukraine. And of course, it also has some ramifications about what's happening here. Uh, it's a real test to the leadership of not just the United States, but also NATO and the European Union. And certainly, Iran, all the spectators here, all the players here in the Middle East are watching because there may be some uh, conclusions that they may take, maybe even miscalculations. For instance, the Iranians, if the Iranians believe that the U.S. is weak, maybe they will not want to sign. They will toughen up their uh, position. What do you think about that? Well, uh, the, the negative aspect is clearly that the Iranians uh, feel may have come to feel that they are now the third partner in a triangle of challenges, uh, Beijing, Moscow, and Tehran, uh, uh, looking at American, to dismantle American hegemony, to undo the international disposition, uh, the post-1945 world order. This would be a very dangerous mindset for, for Tehran to, to, to get into because, of course, they, they do not have the resources or the standing or the capabilities to actually uh, challenge uh, the, the world order. And, and Israel is keeping a very uh, uh, careful eye on Iranian development. Um, and uh, I, I'm not yet uh, sure where this uh, deal is, is going to. But it has made the prospects of closure um, le somewhat less likely. Uh, another reason is that the Russians could have become in some way the, um, let's say, the, the problem solver for the question of guarantees. But if relations between Russia and the rest and, and the others, or so Russia and China, and, and the other four who are Especially the, now, the even US with, and Even the with West, Germany. Even with even, Germany now, they are in a Germany. rift. Yeah. Um, Scholz and, and Baerbeck have taken yeah. a very firm stand now on the Nord Stream, etc. So uh, if the uh, six group in Vienna, uh, the four Western nations and the other, and, uh, versus Russia and China uh, are torn apart, uh, the ability to actually pin the Iranians to a, a, a workable agreement may be diminished. The positive side is that the United States now is in uh, much closer terms with its NATO allies, with its and, and the three partners uh, in Vienna. And so, if they come to the conclusion that the Iranians are still playing a game, the ability of the United States to uh, uh, bring the Europeans to snap back and to reimpose sanctions, go to uh, the uh, um, 
IAEA uh, and, 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 uh, and the international and the UN even uh, and demand um, say, uh, measures against Iran. All of this uh, could be done now with, on the basis of much closer Western unity. That is probably the great, the one beneficial. Except thing. Iran at the UN, have come out it's of this. highly uh, unlikely because at the UN, unfortunately, there are veto powers. Here we have a double veto power from China and Russia in the Security Council, so nothing can be really taken seriously. Only, uh, as our viewers I'm sure know, all the um, real tough measures, uh, actionable measures, can be taken only by the secure Security Council and not by any other body of the United Nations. But uh, you touched on a very important uh, point, Iran, and that is, uh, and of course, Iran, Iran is watching. And um, one thing, it seems like even before the Ukraine um, crisis uh, loomed so, so big over, from the leaks that we've heard from Vienna, the agreement would not have been as Biden and his, his team claimed as they took office that it, will be, that it will be stronger and longer. This is not the case. Not the case. Which means another, um, I would say, uh, embarrassment, if you will, another discredibility uh, dis, uh, for the American administration, which, again, if you add it to what I think is a weak position vis-a-vis -vis, uh, Putin so far, this may actually further away any um, agreement with Iran. And the question is, Iran, what would be better for the region, for Israel, a weaker agreement or no agreement at all? Uh, the fact is that within the Israeli defense establishment, um, you hear two different interpretations of the situation. One says it's a bad agreement. It was always a bad agreement. And to return to it would be a mistake. Iran is actually very weak, and uh, we need to keep pushing the United States and, and its Western allies to take a robust position backed by a credible military threat, because you can actually uh, get the Iranians to sign on to much something which will be, indeed, much longer and stronger. On the other hand, you also hear voices saying, uh, for various reasons, Israel for two years did not have a budget. Uh, there, was, there was indecision. There was a tendency to rely on uh, the uh, efficacy of Trump's uh, uh, maximum pressure strategy. Whatever, for whatever set of reasons, not enough was done to prepare militarily for a situation under which Iran will feel, feel free of all constraints and would uh, break in the, uh, towards uh, uh, enrichment to 90%, namely the, the acquisition of enough fissile material for a nuclear device uh, and, and then weaponization down the road, and that we need time and capabilities uh, to be built uh, in, in order to build up our capabilities to actually take action in such a situation. In which case, an agreement even... Uh, a mediocre or bad agreement uh, is, is better than nothing because it will give us uh, the, the, time the time and space. All of this on the assumption, which is not, uh, I think, not too fancy, that we have a very deep intelligence penetration of what's happening in Iran, and we would know if the Iranians uh, uh, down the road would uh, 
would break the agreement or would uh, start again, uh, put in motion uh, the acquisition of enough fissile material for a bomb. By then, we would be better positioned and better prepared uh, for action. Of course. But Iran, there is another factor here. Indeed, a, uh, an agreement, no matter what kind of agreement, will buy Israel time, provided the time will be used uh, smartly and, uh, and efficiently and effectively. But there is another element here, which is uh, a massive inflow of dollars to Iran, billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars, uh, once the sanctions uh, will be lifted on their oil uh, exportation. And this money can be used for um, further um, you know, undermining of the region, for putting, allocating a lot of money to their ballistic missile uh, program, which is not under the agreement and not under the sanctions. So here we may be two or three, we may be buying two, three years, but we may find ourselves in a much worse position in, uh, in, in three years. Unless, Iran, you tell me that one, Israel does have the capabilities to monitor very, very specifically if there is any breach of uh, the agreement or Iran is making any advances. And two, that uh, Israel will be able to use the time in such a way that in two, three years, if we need to, we can take military action, which will be really throwing the, uh, the military um, nuclear program of Iran many years down the road. And three, whether it will be legitimate. Will Israel have legitimacy from the United States, from the international community, to take action if indeed Iran will, or the, the, the agreement will not be prolonged? Well, clearly, the, uh, there's a very high level of risk involved. Uh, people will have to make very careful judgments. I would say that our intelligence penetration in Iran is impressive. If uh, according to certain sources, um, some of the most prominent uh, players in Iran uh, um, well, were eliminated at some point. Um, that probably indicates a very deep capacity to, to penetrate uh, the program itself and know what's happening. In terms of capability, um, clearly Israel has a very long arm. And, uh, and coupled with a, a specific and highly uh, uh, accurate intelligence, it could be used. We have been able in the past to disable the, the nuclear programs of other nations uh, that we saw as uh, deadly enemies, uh, Iraq in 81, Syria in 2007. Except Iran there, it was all concentrated in just one depot, one spot. Now it's all very hardened under, uh, underground and also very much dispersed. What do you well, do there? There are still a few crucial nodes, very difficult to penetrate, very difficult to destroy, but not beyond. Bottlenecks the of the Bottlenecks of the problem. Um, and uh, the question of legitimacy uh, could become very tricky. Of course, we wouldn't. Uh, this is one of the reasons why the present Israeli government has made a conscious choice not to play the spoiler in the public arena, not to uh, allow itself to be perceived as if it's acting for political reasons, uh, and instead, uh, as much as possible, coordinate, uh, share intelligence, work very closely with our American friends and with uh, others in Europe uh, on, on, uh, on the 
assessment of the Iranian situation. So if the day comes in which we would have to take an independent action, and Prime Minister Bennett has certainly made it very clear that he intends to retain Israel's freedom of action. If the day comes when we need to do that, um, it will come against a background of realization that we have reason, that we're not acting uh, in spite or in order to undermine the political position. But certainly if we show hard evidence, if we show hard evidence that the breakthrough is imminent to a bomb by Iran, I'm sure we'll have the legitimacy. Well, it very Maybe much... Maybe we'll even have some uh, NATO or at least uh, um, American uh, planes and as other assets helping us. Let's not be, delude ourselves. Even, uh, even those who would be delighted our neighbors, some of our Arab neighbors would be uh, drinking their orange juice with joy, you know, uh, being proper Muslims, but uh, in indoors, but out in the open, they would denounce Israel for an act of un, pre, un, uh, premeditated aggression. Or whatever. We know the rules of the game. We've been through this. Uh, in 2007, we kept our silence. The Syrians kept their silence because, of course, their hand was in the cookie jar. And uh, we uh, gambled on this uh, successfully, that if we uh, are silent about it, the world will remain silent. But in 1981, uh, we, we had a very unpleasant reaction, even from our friends in, in the Reagan administration. Right. And it took years, but it, uh, by now everyone will, uh, will tell you that this was a very successful And just a little anecdote. And very legitimate, given the nature of Saddam Hussein's yeah. regime. Anecdote. At that time, uh, Cheney, you know, then was vice president, uh, but before that he was uh, a DOD, um, you know, Secretary, Secretary of, of Defense at the time, and he was very critical. So uh, when I was in Washington, that was already, you know, uh, 25 years after the act, he said, I was wrong. Yeah. And I really have to thank uh, Israel for doing that. Otherwise, we couldn't have done the um, the uh, invasion of uh, Iraq in 1991, the liberation, the liberation, liberation of, Kuwait. of Kuwait. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. <coughs> I think legitimacy um, may not uh, be apparent in the first take, and then may emerge over time. And of course, much depends on, on what will happen in Iran uh, in, as a consequence. Mm -hmm. But. Um, I can understand the reluctance of people to take that level of risk right now before uh, some very meticulous preparations have been made. Yeah, it seems like, you know, Israel, it's almost a no-brainer for Israel to take a, uh, of course, to take a stance, which is a very, very tough stance in the public diplomacy, you know, uh, and uh, everywhere else that where we can speak. But at the same time, too reluctantly, so, acquiesce and uh, not uh, go too much against the agreement, uh, we cannot uh, do much against it either way. You know, it's, it seems like with or without Israel's uh, agreement, this agreement may be signed. Of course, depending mostly on Iran. And this is the frustrating thing. It is not dependent upon China, Russia, the, the E3 or the United States, but Iran. If they want it, it will be signed. If they don't want it... It will not be signed in any case, because if the U.S. puts pen to paper, of course. the president would have to go to the Senate right. for, for it will, a two-thirds right. majority ratification act, and that's not going to happen. 
Yeah, no, it's the Under same. Any yeah. circumstance, the Iranian fantasy that somehow this agreement can be guaranteed against the future of American withdrawal is is based on uh, the uh, ignorance of the American of Constitution. Yeah, the JCPOA of 2015 also was not signed for the Never same signed. reason. And the Iranians know People it. think that the A is for agreement. No, it's a <laughs> plan of action. Exactly, action. And the Iranians are smart enough, and they're experienced enough, and they know. So if they demand this uh, condition that the U.S. will sign, maybe even they will want it to be ratified, I don't know, by Congress, then we know it's just a pretext for them not to sign uh, the agreement. So it will be very interesting to, uh, yeah. to watch in the coming few days, I guess. And... Um, Meanwhile, I must say, you know, there may be some uh, influence of what's happening in the Ukraine. Maybe this will delay uh, any um, agreement. But we do see that Israel is continuing to strengthen and deepen its uh, ties with all the countries in the region, especially in the Gulf. It's not just a, a political or cultural, or commerce, or uh, technology. It's also defense agreements, like the one that uh, the first one was signed with Morocco, and then we have also in the Gulf. And uh, that also showed... If if I came to anyone three years ago and said, well, we are going to uh, position a naval attaché permanently in Bahrain, people would have recommended drinking less (laughs) after dinner. But uh, uh, nowadays, that's what's been now decided after the... Uh, to our viewers, if Iran did not drink. Def- <laughs> here, here we go, you know, defense, uh, uh, defense minister, uh, Benny Gantz, uh, arranged for this yeah. uh, because the fifth fleet is based in Bahrain and, and we are going to be coordinating very closely with the Gulfies and the American Fifth Fleet in operations in the Persian Gulf area. I mean, this is all um, unprecedented, Mm -hmm. groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. And in parallel, you have the uh, development of uh, strategic cooperation, military cooperation in the Eastern Mediterranean, the agreement signed between Israel, Cyprus, and Greece. By the way, I think this agreement, this furthering of defense relations between Israel and the Gulf, maybe also is an indication that the Gulf countries also do not have such great faith in another, in a JCPOA too, with Iran. And they also are bracing, you know, every eventuality, and they do need Israel as a backup. They do need Israel as a uh, safety net, if you will, also, in parentheses, with the Americans may be gone from the region. As they used to say in the neighborhood, as a big uncle. <laughs> we are the neighborhood's big uncle. Uh, but in any case, uh, this is also uh, bolstered by Israel's ongoing operations in Syria, which do entail a certain degree of tension with Russia, which once again, uh, you, you, you wonder... To what an extent events in Ukraine will have an influence on our ability to coordinate with the Russians. But our operations in Syria against Iran are uh, sort of our credit card, uh, what gives us credit in the eyes of those friends of ours in the Gulf who want to see Israel not only speak uh, dramatically against Iran, but also being willing and able to take action. Absolutely. And um, if we talked about uh, Israel new alliances in the Gulf, there is an older alliance that Israel uh, has 
in the uh, eastern uh, basin of the middle, the, the, the Mediterranean, Mediterranean, namely with Cyprus and uh, Greece. And then all of a sudden, we see I, a I never use the term alliance because <laughs> that, that is an, uh, te has technical implications, mm -hmm. but alignment. Absolutely alignment, which I believe also is, uh, is getting there, especially if uh, the energy cooperation with, will also deepen. There are even talks about having a, a special commercial zone, having a special, uh, you know, um, a, a grid, even an elect electrical grid. You know, a lot of uh, things yeah, that may is a very make it an uh, yeah, idea. that will make it an alliance. But, and who was the main target of this alliance or the main uh, threat causing this alliance? Turkey and Erdogan. And here, Iran, all of a sudden. There is some kind of a charm offensive from Turkey. Across the border. Yes. Four phone calls between Erdogan and the president of Israel, Isaac Herzog. A, a, a scheduled trip, presidential trip, Herzog, in uh, Ankara. Um, why do you see, I mean, do you see this as a real uh, a strategic change by Turkey for many reasons? Or is it just a lip service in order to ingratiate Erdogan uh, to the Americans, especially Biden? Well, that's not a tactical issue. That's a strategic problem that Turkey has. Its standing in Washington has uh, gone downhill uh, since the change of administrations. Um, Trump had a kind of grudging respect for a character like Erdogan. Uh, Biden did not even bother to invite him to the summit of democracies which was an insult. Um, and uh, he has no friends in Washington. He needs them. Moreover, the economy has been spiraling very down very dramatically. And so uh, his, this could even have an impact on the 1923 presidential elections. And also, over the, over the years, uh, his strategies of uh, working against Israel, of building up uh, a... Uh, a net of uh, Islamist satellites, Muslim Brotherhood satellites of his AK party, uh, actually didn't deliver much. Hamas is isolated. The Brotherhood in Egypt has been ground to dust. In Libya, he came into essentially a deadlock with the Egyptian-backed forces. And now he's courting Haftar a man whom he described in the most vile terms just a few years ago. So Erdogan basically is looking at the wreckage of his past policies, the threat of American alienation and the ruin of the, the Turkish economy, and he needs friends. And the UAE, uh, ever, ever the sophisticated player, steps in with money. $10 billion. Right, and that, that, that basically uh, generates an interest but for Israel, what it means is that we should coordinate our steps. We don't close the slam the door in his face. It's, this is a powerful, of rich, course. important country of course. in many ways. But we should coordinate our responses very closely with our Egyptian neighbors and friends, with the Greeks, with the Cypriots, which is why President Herzog decided to go to Greece and Cyprus before he goes Very to important and very smart. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with the Gulf, which 
uh, has a vested interest in Eastern Mediterranean sure. developments. Today, Turkey is one of the main supporters, if not the main supporters of Hamas and uh, the Islamic Brotherhood, which is a sworn enemy of the regimes in Egypt and in the, in the Gulf countries. So um, definitely we should keep an open door. I, I also think that uh, Erdogan's uh, coming, you know, and asking for uh, Israel's uh, uh, hand here is a, um, de- you know, depiction of his uh, the failure, mm-hmm. wreckage, as you said, of his, uh, his, uh, his, uh, his policy. But I think here Israel do have an obligation and, uh, and, and a case to demand the um, throwing of the Hamas cells and especially the Hamas leaders, terrorists, mm-hmm. throw, who throw, not. throw them out of uh, Turkey. Those are the ones who actually uh, inspire, finance, and direct Hamas terror actions in Judea and Samaria. True enough, we've had very glaring situations where the line, the line of communication led directly to uh, people operating from Istanbul. There have been indications that Turkey understands this Israeli requirement and has begun to respond to it. But I would not be too fast in drawing conclusions. Uh, but there was certainly a, an understanding uh, in, in Ankara that you cannot normalize relations with, with Israel and you cannot build your standing in Washington while you are a member of NATO on one hand and hosting a terrorist organization recognized as a terrorist organization by all members of NATO except Turkey and maybe even maybe Norway, which always keeps out of these things. But NATO, almost all NATO members look at Hamas as a terrorist organization, and uh, Turkey hosts them. So that's a situ- an absurd situation that cannot persist, and there are initial indications that they've uh, so there could be a lot. They've on, come to understand. Yeah, there there could be a lot on the agenda. Although President Herzog is, you know, the presidency in Israel is a more symbolic ceremonial, but uh, I think within this president Herzog. By, um, I would say, the the virtue of his own personality and capabilities, he has made himself like the number one diplomat Mm -hmm. uh, of Israel, and he's really an asset to the Israeli uh, diplomacy. Certainly a lot will be on the agenda once he uh, goes to to Ankara. But, and you you mentioned it is uh, before Ankara visiting of course, Cyprus, this is very important. Reassure them that whatever Israel is not on does, the, uh, will on not their be expense. at their expense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, we also see that the strength of Israel today, Israel has become a major factor in the region. Once, you know, if we were isolated before, today we have alliances or alignments, as you say. As my friend, uh, uh, Dr. Udi Iran, recently wrote uh, in the Jerusalem Strategic Tribune, is Israel now at the airport, we now have transit facilities. <laughs> right. We are no longer just a terminus. We're right. becoming a hub. Right. And uh, that's symbolic of our strategic standing in the region, which has mm-hmm. been transformed yeah. in recent years. We have what I call the Western alignment, which uh, is, of course, with uh, Cyprus and, uh, and Greece. We have the eastern one with the Gulf countries. And, of course, we have very strong ties, defense-wise for sure, with Egypt and, uh, and Jordan, Jordan and even beyond that. So uh, things look fairly 
on, good and for on Israel. that happy note and on that happy note <laughs> this has been another uh, Middle East review thank you to all our viewers we'll see you in the next one Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.